This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode 49, The Law. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, powers at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello, and welcome back to That's in the Bible. That's the way it's done, Steve. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, welcome back. The, <clears throat> the reason I made that comment is, is Steve wanted to audition for the announcing of the uh, intro to the show. And I failed miserably. Steve, why don't you, it, Steve. Steve, why don't you give it a try right now? Hello, and welcome back to That's in the Bible. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, the hello sound a little bit like... That time. Low sound a little bit like Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was bouncing up and down when I did it, so. Uh, yeah, so that's what we were doing before, actually, we, we came on air, is that uh, Steve wanted to wanted to do the intro, and, and, and you, you just did, so good job, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, man. So as you can see and hear, I guess you can't see, but you can certainly hear Steve is joining us today. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. We also have Pastor Strobel, who um, came in a moment's notice, thanks to Matt, oh. and joined us today. Pastor Strobel, thanks for coming on. Amen. Instant in season, out of season. That's right. And then we have the young whippersnapper of the group who didn't join us last week for some unknown reason. Why weren't you here last week, Matt? We get moment's notice of when we're supposed to do the show. That's my uh, defense. Well, Pastor Strobel apparently is, like he said, instant in season, out of season. So apparently you're not. <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's true. Things. You were involved in carnal things. Just admit it. <laughs> I was playing basketball. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Confession's good for the soul, isn't it, man? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to be a good witness over there. So <laughs> uh, that's my defense. And we're we're working on this notice thing too. We had a discussion about that tonight. <laughs> yes, we are. So anyway, as you can also hear, Matt is is back and has joined us from his the basketball court. Did you win that basketball game? Was it worth it? Uh, it was definitely worth it. I'm uh, trying to get back into shape, and that definitely is getting back into shape playing full court basketball for an hour and a half. Is this and, the basketball uh, that you were telling me that you know? Limbs and arms are being bruised and bloodied. Oh man! That, the last time we played last Thursday, it was uh, one guy got his tooth knocked through his bottom lip. There um, had to go to the emergency room. Uh, I mean, everybody was just getting hurt. One guy twisted his leg. The other guy uh, got uh, nailed in the ribs. And I was thinking about you, Steve, when that happened. But uh, just so many people got hurt, we were like, "That's it. We're we're stopping." And this early. this is the Christian league. You should see the lost people playing. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this is the Christian league. <laughs> Sounds like some futuristic game they're playing now. It's like speedball. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you remember speedball, uh, don't you, Steve? Uh, what? You remember speedball? Uh, the Commodore 64. No, it was uh, the Amiga, right? What was that? I don't even know. I think it was on the Commodore, too. Yeah. Anyway, that's another another topic for another Lifetime day. Lifetime ago. That's right. It seems like it doesn't. Well, anyway, we, um, you guys now, Pastor Strobel and Pastor Steve, you both were in Ohio? Yes. Yes, we had the blessing of attending the uh, King James 1611 400th Anniversary Bible Conference. In Toledo, Ohio. Great time. And, uh, of course, uh, myself, you know, thinking of the podcast, uh, along with uh, your fun time out there and your educational time out there, pleaded with uh, Pastor Steve and Pastor Strobel to, you know, help bring the video, bring the the listeners in on it. Let's see a little video. And, in fact, you do have a video that we can look at? Uh. Yeah, amateurish as it is, uh, we will uh, try to have that uh, posted at a later date, but uh, we do have something to offer. 
right. Hopefully, the later date is when this podcast is aired. (laughs) It was a. It was another last minute notice, and so yes. could have been better, but we think we'll give you a little bit of an idea. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be a blessing to you. Amen. So, what all went on out there? Well, we got to go. Um, Steve and I were able to ride up together, and uh, we got to get in there on Saturday. So, we took in the Sunday services, which we had uh, three sessions over the regular Sunday services, and then um, each morning, Monday through Wednesday, there were three sessions and, and two at night. So uh, we got to sit in and soak in 18 different sessions, um, a lot of them dealing with uh, the with different aspects of the King James Bible from um, the history of it to some things about uh, King James, a real good message. Uh, uh, Brother Gipp preached on, uh, on King James on uh, one of the evening sessions, a lot of instruction, uh, comparisons of, of the different versions and history of uh, the Bible and uh, some practical exhortations as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as Pastor Strobel was saying, some of the uh, technical aspects of, of the defense of the King James Bible, uh, but also the, uh, uh, the ultimate side, which really it all boils down to is the... Uh, must believe it by faith, uh, accept it by faith, and so forth. And, and you know, what I thought was interesting, with the 18 messages, uh, I've got a list of the fellows that were there. It was Doug Stoffer, Sam Gipp, Bill Grady, uh, Steve Shutt, which is the son-in-law of uh, Gail Ripplinger, and Mickey Carter from Haynes, Haynesville. Is it Haynesville or Haynes, Florida? One of the two. I, think it's I believe it's Haynes City, I think. Haynes City, you're right, you're right. Uh, Haynes City, Florida. Uh, and uh, for all of the that they gave, their each individual and in their last um, uh, address to the uh, to the congregation uh, said something to the effect that it had to be you know believed on by faith. Uh, you know <clears throat> the um, when they were speaking, especially Pastor Sal, who finished up the meeting on uh, Wednesday night, the second uh, service. Uh, I, I was thinking back to the time when my faith became settled in the King James Bible and uh, uh, didn't have a chance to, to talk to Pastor Strobel about it before uh, they left because they left Wednesday evening bef- uh, after the services were over. But uh, I was in first-year Greek and uh, wasn't too far into it. We were beginning to do translation of sentences from Greek to English and English to Greek. And uh, from the definitions that we were given uh, from our textbook, I could see that you could uh, translate uh, the same word in in several different ways, several different forms. And uh, I got thinking to myself at that particular time, I said, man, you know, how do these guys know what to put down? And as soon as that thought came in, you know, the the thought of, you know, wow, could the other versions be right? You know, th- that thought. And, and as soon as that thought came in, the other thought came in that, that God gave his promise to preserve his word. And once that was settled in my heart and mind that God promised to give it, and he directed and guided the, the translators to put it just the way he wanted it, perfect without error, I haven't doubted it since, and that's been... Back in 1977, so it's been quite a while. And again, it just goes to the matter of of, of faith. Each one of the gentlemen that that presented the, their cases did a, an excellent job. And uh, just to to follow up, uh, you know, this was the the uh, anniversary of the King James Bible 400th anniversary uh, there in Toledo. <laughs> This year, there are, gonna, there are several <laughs> anniversaries taking place throughout the country. Uh, Brother Gip, I know, and Brother Grady are going to be doing several of them. So uh, it's just going to be a marathon run for them. But it's still a good time to, to remember uh, God blessing uh, the world, really, with the King James Bible because it has gone throughout the world and has affected the lives of, of countless thousands of uh, millions even uh, for the cause of Christ. And uh, just appreciate just the opportunity of, of being able to sit in and learn more, heard some things that I already knew, 
but learned some new things and and uh, just enjoyed uh, the time to to s- just uh, isolate our time on on the Bible itself, the King James Bible. Amen. Matt, do you have anything else to add? I just uh, it feels like it's been a while since I've been on here, but we've uh, started street preaching. Um, the preaching for right now is over with um, at the basketball game and the football games, but we're preaching in uh, these two cities called Oswego and Fulton, and uh, we've had a good good turnout. But uh, we went to the St. Paddy's Day Parade. I don't think I've talked to you guys since then, and uh, there was a gentleman that actually just mailed in a gospel track that we had handed to him, and I just wanted to read this short uh, letter that he wrote us. Uh, he mailed this into the church, and he said, Hello, I was handed this pamphlet at the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Syracuse. I almost put it in the trash, but I s- decided to read it. I've been feeling a little lost lately, and the words kind of made sense to me. I think I am. I I think I was meant to be at that parade. I think I may be ready for Christ. And uh, this guy's name is Stephen. Uh, he lives in Syracuse, um, so if you can pray for him. We haven't been able to get a hold of him. We've, we've gone to his house a couple times, but he hasn't been home. Um, but just what a blessing. There, there's a couple guys out with me that um, sounded like they might have been a little bit down, but after this came to the church, they really got excited. And, uh, you know, the whole thing about people say, well, public evangelism doesn't work anymore and, and uh, things like that. And, you know, you just see thousands of people there. I believe they said there was... I can't remember how many thousands of people they said showed up to the parade. But you know how hard people are today, and and especially up here. And uh, it was just a blessing to be able to see some fruit come about, and especially somebody to write in like that. You don't have that very often where they write in the gospel track. So uh, so that was a blessing, and I was also able to witness uh, to this woman named named Trisha, um, at Oswego, we were street preaching there, and we were praying for a few hours the night before with a couple of the guys that were going to be going out with us, and, and we stayed up late and prayed, and the big thing we were praying for was just somebody to be able to talk to, and just that would be open, and so she came came around, and I was able to give her the gospel for uh, probably about five or six minutes, and the only reason why she uh, felt like she had to leave was because her husband was beeping the <laughs> beeping the car horn, and uh, so it was just it's just been a blessing lately. The Lord's been um, just, just given, you know, he, he doesn't have to give those to any of us, you know, just to be able to see some of that fruit, but just to see, uh, just some people interested, uh, in the Lord and, uh, where they're going to go when they die. It's just, it's just a blessing. Amen. Amen. I, uh, that's a blessing. It is a blessing. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's uh, as the weather gets warmer, we may tackle that subject, uh, somewhere down the road here. But uh, there's some good testimonies in regard to uh, proper public ministry. Amen. Let me just add one other thing regarding the King James um, Conference. They showed us one morning in one of the sessions a clip from a uh, video that's just come out. And uh, we can uh, put the links up if uh, you'd like for you. But uh, this is a book called KJB, the book that, or a video called KJB, the book that changed the world. And it's a. Um, it's a documentary uh, dramatized uh, type of thing that talks about the, uh, the actual putting together of the King James Bible. Um, it's actually available on Amazon.com for a good price right now. It also has a uh, website um, about it as well. But it's the extraordinary story behind the most extraordinary of books. Um, and acclaimed actor John Reese davies uh, leads us back into a darker time to discover the fascinating tale of uh, saints and sinners Power and passion, the greatest translation of the Bible, emerged into a world and culture that would never be quite the same again. So it was, uh, we saw clips of it and uh, it was instructive and interesting. Somebody might find that to be helpful to them. Amen. Amen. We're going to take a short break and uh, we'll be right back. Sodomy. Is it an outdated term? What about tolerance? Does the Bible really speak against homosexuality? What about homosexual marriage? Many states are adopting it. Can it really be wrong? Find out. In episode 13, does the Bible condone same-sex marriage? Only on fatsinthebible.com Larry, we're back. 
Anything else before we get into the study of the law? I always feel like there should be that Western sound, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All okay, okay, walk in and say, who are you talking to, mister? Because <laughs> you would have had to been there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll have to find. I was, trying to, I was trying to recognize the tune there for a while. <laughs> I'll have to find this. I can't whistle it. I'll have to find the sound effect and put it in. Talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's hear you whistle, let's see. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he can do it. He just doesn't want to do it. <laughs> you could sing it. No, that's all right. All right. I'm shy. He's modest. Did he say he was Save. shy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. We're 16 minutes into the show. If we start the law now, this will be one of the uh, shorter introductions. Not with Matt preaching. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. That was, I just went for a comment. The I only reason why I do it, brother, is because you need the preaching. <laughs> <laughs> Half an hour won't cut it with you, brother. Gotta <laughs> plow up that rough ground. <laughs> That's right. We gotta we gotta plow that up first. Stony ground we got going there. Uh, I admit it. I admit it. Reach away, yeah, man. You can see why they're losing teeth when they play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have played once before against each other. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Emphasis on once there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that was in Florida too. Yeah. That's that's more like barn balls. What that was? Yeah, yeah. I didn't touch the ball. Neither did you. So no. Okay, so pretty good, huh? <laughs> no, we just didn't. We weren't known to the people that were playing. That's right. Like, if they'd have known who we were, they'd have given us the ball all the time. There's <laughs> <laughs> humility for you. I'm glad. Anyway, I didn't we'll know. also we'll also send you a link to Steve's new book that he came out with. Yeah. Humility and how to play basketball it. and win. <laughs> how to be humble like me. That's it. Uh, <laughs> oh, good yeah. book. I recommend it. Up to let Matt talk. <laughs> <laughs> I would have only said me, brother. I mean, I, w- I would have left you out. I would have said if they knew me, they would have gave me the ball. You, I don't oh. know. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're coming by this weekend. We'll get a chance. Well, that'd be awesome. A little one-on-one. We could do a video. Just do get that somebody to people. tape it for the. Yeah, that's yeah. It. I'd like to see that video. Well, Jen, <laughs> put her, know, uh, who to who to root for. We can yeah, put she... it right next to the can jam pictures. <laughs> 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 Steve's got the best style on that. Oh boy. It, it, the only thing it does is cut through wind. It tears everybody's hands up. That's <laughs> yeah. So you talking about the basketball now? No, no I'm talking about the frisbee. <laughs> you said the best style. Yeah, can jam. Or if you miss it, it'll decapitate you. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> and that's to his partner. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's go ahead and begin this lesson on the law. All right, let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for, again, Lord, giving us the abilities, Lord, the health to be able to do this show. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us tonight, especially me, Lord, as I'm bringing forth this message that you've given me. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll uh, get me out of the way, Lord, that you'll uh, just speak through me, Lord, the things that you want me to say, uh, Lord, will come through. And uh, Lord, I pray this will be a help to somebody. Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, most of all, Lord, I'll exalt your word, and Lord, your word exalts your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I just pray that, uh, Lord, your son will be exalted tonight. Uh, Lord, I just thank you so much for my salvation, and uh, Lord, the guys that are here tonight as well with me. And Lord, I pray if there is anybody that is not saved that's listening to this podcast, Lord, they would get that dealt with. They would uh, look at their sin uh, against the law of God and see that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And Lord, I pray that... uh, all that you would do, Lord, uh, Lord, would bring you honor and glory. And uh, Lord, all that we do would bring you uh, even more honor and glory than we could ever try. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, we typically think of the Ten Commandments when we hear the phrase, the law. And there's plenty more commandments found in God's law. But just for the sake of time tonight, I'm just going to go over the Ten Commandments. Uh, now, 
it seems uh, that there's been a lot of questions about the law that a lot of people have had, maybe in terms of why the law was given, and can we get to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments? Well, before we go into those questions, let's let's first look at what the law is. Uh, God gave the nation of Israel the Ten Commandments through Moses on Mount Sinai. Now, if you go to Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20, you'll see those Ten Commandments. Now, I'm not going to go and read through them all, uh, all the passages, but I'm going to tell you what the commandments are, uh, the numbering of them, and uh, what verses they can be found at. Uh, the first one is, thou shalt have none other gods before me, and that's at verse 3. Number two, the second commandment, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, that's verses 4 to 6. The third commandment, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That's verse 7. Uh, the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That's verses 8 to 11. Uh, the fifth commandment, honor thy father and thy mother. That's verse 12. Sixth, thou shalt not kill. That's verse 13. The seventh commandment is thou shalt not commit adultery. Verse 14. Uh, the eighth commandment, thou shalt not steal. Verse 15. Ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And that means the lie. That's verse 16. And uh, the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet. And that's verse 17. Now, again, this is only 10 commandments out of the whole entire Bible. I mean, you can pick so many more com uh, commandments in the Bible from God's word uh, about what we're supposed to do in the sight of God. Uh, God expects us to keep these. And uh, again, there's a lot of questions about why God gave the 10 commandments. What was the reason? What was the purpose that God gave us the Ten Commandments. And we've got it written in this Bible right here plainly in Exodus chapter 20, and it shows us that uh, we're supposed to keep these. If you look in uh, verse 1, it says of uh, Exodus chapter 20, it says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. He goes on and he starts going down. Now, of course, we see here that this is to the, to, uh, he's talking to Israel here, but we have to understand is Jesus Christ and also Paul uh, the Pauline epistles all speak of all these Ten Commandments to keep them, except for the one about keeping the Sabbath. Paul says not to keep that Sabbath. Uh, if you need any other answers to that uh, issue about whether we should keep the Sabbath now that we're in New, Tes New Testament Christianity, uh, we've got a podcast on that about should we keep the Sabbath. But the bottom line is we're supposed to keep nine out of these ten commandments today. And uh, the question is, are you doing it? Now, Let's look at why God gave us the Ten Commandments. All right, um, There's about three or four that I came up with. You might be able to come up with more. Uh, but these are the main points of why God gave these Ten Commandments. Now turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. We'll see the one here of why God gave the Ten Commandments. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 19. And the Bible says, wherefore, then serveth the law, it was added because of transgressions. The Bible says that the law was given because of transgressions. When you look in the Bible, you see the first dispensation is the dispensation of innocence. You have in the Bible that God created the heaven and the earth. Uh, then when he created the plants, animals, all that. And then he created man on this earth. And what happened was man uh, sinned when he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man sinned, and then that was the end of this dispensation of innocence. And what came about after that is a dispensation of conscience. And the reason why we call it the dispensation of conscience is because God left man to his conscience. Uh, God gave the law written in their hearts and their conscience bearing witness. And what God did was he gave this period of time in which uh, it went from the expulsion when they got taken out of the Garden of Eden all the way to Noah's flood. That's how long it lasted till um, this uh, period of uh, this dispensation of conscience. And what God did was left them to see what they would do with their conscience. I mean, they have the law written in their hearts, as we've seen before in other podcasts. And, uh, and God wanted to see if they would actually keep the law according to what their conscience told them not to do those certain things. But look what happened. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 6, and we'll see what happens when somebody does not have a written law in their possession. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, the Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, go down to verse 11. The earth was the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. 
And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. The only one that found grace in the eyes of God was was Noah. And the reason why is because he feared God, is because he uh, kept his commandments, is because uh, he was close to God, and he did what God told him to do. Everybody else on the whole entire earth, they were all wicked. So you see here that uh, that God had to do something, and what he did was he saved Noah and his family alive, and uh, everybody else God drowned out. Now, you see here that uh, this the commandments here were given, one of the reasons why is because Galatians 3.19 says, for the transgressions. It's a deterrent. Uh, when you have, I know when I'm driving down the road, uh, and I see this speed, uh, speed limit, it says 55 miles an hour, that's written down there for me. That's showing me that, hey, if I break that law, there's going to be consequences for it. Uh, when I look down at my speedometer, I see I'm going 65 miles an hour in a 55. Hey, I tell myself, I better slow down because uh, it's written down that, I, that I'm actually breaking the law, and there's consequences for it. And that's the whole thing with what God has said. He said, hey, I've gotten these commands written down. Now, it's up to you if you're going to choose to actually obey them or not. But if you're not going to obey them, there's consequences uh, to it. And, uh, you know, our laws in this nation are based upon the law of God. Now, atheists may say that, you know, this, this actual, uh, the law was not, uh, actually the nation was not uh, founded on God or the principles of the Bible or the commandments. But the thing is, is that it definitely was uh, founded on this Bible, on this book. And if you don't believe me, let me give you some uh, quotes from some of the founding fathers. Uh, this is only a few out of many of them, many, many that they have. James Madison who had a hand in the Bill of Rights and was the fourth president of the United States, said, We have staked the whole future of American civilization, not upon the power of government, far from it. We have staked the future of all our political institutions upon our capacity to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. He says right here, we, we haven't staked the whole future of American civilization, not on the government, well, that sounds like pretty much what we're doing today. We're staking our whole future on the government and how they can take care of us and how they can get us through these tough times. No, he said right here, the fourth president of the United States said, he said it's upon our abilities to try and keep the Ten Commandments of God. That's what our future rests on. If we're going to have a good future, he said, we got to keep the Ten Commandments of God. That's the fourth president of the United States. Now, James uh, McHenry, He's the center of the Constitution, and he said, Public utility pleads most forcibly for the general distribution of the Holy Scriptures. The doctrine they preach, the obligations they impose, the punishment they threaten, the rewards they promise, the stamp and image of divinity they bear, which produces a conviction of their truths, can alone secure to society order and peace and to our courts of justice and constitutions of government purity, stability, and usefulness in vain without the Bible we increase penal laws and draw entrenchments around our institutions. Bibles are strong entrenchments. Where they abound, men cannot pursue wicked courses and at the same time enjoy quiet conscience. I mean, here he is, James McHenry. He says that um, what, the, what the Holy Scriptures do is they secure our society and they secure order and peace. And that's exactly one of the reasons why God gave the Ten Commandments. Is because without the Ten Commandments, I mean, you just got chaos. It will happen just like it did before the uh, days of uh, Noah's flood there. You've also got Justice Joseph Story. And he was a U.S. congressman from 1808 to 1809 and appointed by President James Madison from 1812 to 1845. And he said, I verily believe Christianity necessary to the support of civil society. One of the beautiful boasts of our municipal jurisprudence is that Christianity, as a part of the common law, there never has been a period in which the common law did not recognize Christianity as lying its foundations. I mean, right there, he says that the common law, the one, the law that we have today was uh, laid down. Its foundations were laid down by the Bible, by the Ten Commandments. George Washington said, uh, of course, the first president of the United States, he says, it is impossible to rightly govern the uh, world without God and the Bible. The founding fathers of this nation knew that having God's law at the heart and foundation of America would provide a place in which crime would be down to a minimum, just as the Bible says it would. And it's one of the reasons why God has given us the law to keep transgressions down. Now, you, you think about that. I mean, you think about um, you don't have a law written down today. You know, there, there's no thou shalt not kill. Or, you know, if you, if you kill somebody, you're not going to have any jail time, all that kind of stuff. I mean, just imagine the amount of chaos that we would have today. No, 
nothing would uh, deter anybody from doing those things. So that's one of the reasons why God laid down that law, laid down the Ten Commandments, is because we're wicked. I mean, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperate, desperately wicked, who can know it? So that's one of the first reasons, one of the, one of the reasons why God gave the Ten Commandments. Let's look at another one. Turn with me to Romans chapter 3. In Romans chapter 3, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit here, gives us another reason. Romans chapter 3, verse 19 says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. He's saying right here that every, every mouth is going to be stopped. There's going to be nobody that's going to stand in front of God and say, I'm innocent, Lord, I, I deserve to be here in heaven. But it says here that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. You know, there's a lot of people that say, well, I'm a pretty good person. You know, there's other people that have killed. There's other people that have done so many worse acts than I have. Um, you know, I should be pretty innocent with all the things I've done. He said, no, the whole world. That means every single person on this earth is guilty before God. Verse 20 says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. God's saying there's nobody that's going to stand before him and say, Lord, I've never broken the Ten Commandments, or Lord, I've kept most of them, and, and you should just uh, look past the other ones that I've broken, and I should be okay, Lord. He says, nope, you're not going to be justified in my sight. And it says right here, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The other reason why God gave the Ten Commandments is because he wanted you to have a knowledge of sin. Now you say, what is sin? Well, turn with me to First John. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4, the Bible says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. Now, I gave you the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, and the Bible says that if you transgress, if you go against, if you break one of those commandments, that means that's what sin is. All right? Now, if we go on, go to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. In verse 7, the Bible says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. You know, a lot of people would say, Well, if the law, you know, makes me guilty before God, then the law's got to be bad. No, that's not true at all. The thing is that we're bad, <laughs> that we're, uh, we're wicked, and it's our, it's our problems. It's not the law's problems. The law is holy, the Bible says, but we're unholy. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law, sin was dead. So Paul's saying here there was actually a time in his life uh, when he didn't even know right from wrong. He says right in here in verse 9, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Now we talk about the law of uh, the... Uh, um, the law of accountability when when uh, somebody is old enough to understand the difference between right and wrong before God and breaking the uh, Ten Commandments. The age of accountability, that's what I was trying to find. The age of accountability. Now, you'll never see that phrase in the Bible, but uh, people ask, well, how do you know when a kid is old enough to understand right from wrong? Well, a lot of times you can see it in his eyes, but the other thing is you can ask him and say, hey, do you understand that you've sinned before God, that you've actually gone against God's commandments? Um, the thing is that there's a point in your life when you understand that you've sinned against God, and when you understand that, that's when your spirit dies inside of you, and that you're dead spiritually. And Paul says that here. There was a time when he was alive without the law, which meant that he didn't understand right from wrong with the law before God. But when the commandment came, when he understood that he, that he broke that commandment, it says, sin revived, and he died. Verse 10, and the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death, for sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. So he said sin deceived him. I mean, how many times has that happened to us? That sin says, oh, it'll be okay, don't worry about it, but it, but it deceives you. And because of that sin, it, it slays you. And the Bible says that you are dead in trespasses and sins now that you've committed sin. So that's the other reason. One of the reasons is to keep sin down, to be a deterrent, so that you don't commit those uh, sins. The other, why God gave the Ten Commandments, is to make uh, sin uh, look exceedingly sinful to you. Um, if you look down 
to verse 13 here, Romans chapter 7, it says, was then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, worketh death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. So the other reason why God gave the Ten Commandments is to show you that you're a sinner, convict you of your sins, that you understand that you're a sinner and you deserve hell because of your sins. Now, you say, well, just because I've committed a couple sins here and there, what, you know, what's the big deal? Well, Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. There's always a consequence for this, the sins that you commit. There's always a consequence. And God says even just one sin is enough. And we'll go through that as we go on. But let me show you another reason why God gave the Ten Commandments. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. In verse 21, the Bible says, Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. The Bible says here that the law isn't something that can give you life. It's not something that can give you eternal life, but it's just, it's uh, kept you under to show you, first of all, that you're a sinner, that you need a savior. And then it also shows you that Jesus Christ was the one that could save you from your sins, save you from that curse that you're underneath that law. And it says right here in verse 24 that the law was our schoolmaster to bring us under Christ. Uh, when I think about schoolmaster, I think about being at school. I think probably a lot of people think about that. And, uh, you know, all a school teacher is, is somebody that gives you the information, gives you the information and says, okay, here it is. But it's up to you to actually act on that information. And that's what the Bible is and what the law is. It shows you, hey, you're a sinner. Uh, you've transgress against God's laws, now what are you going to do with it? You know, and, and it gives you the whole thing that Jesus Christ, it points you to Jesus Christ and says, listen, you can't, you can't get to heaven by your own good works. You got to go somewhere else. And that way is Jesus Christ. Now, as we go on here, I wanted to show you these three things. Now, if you've ever broken of any of God's commandments, you're guilty of them all. Even if you break one, turn with me to James chapter 2. Like I was saying before, many people, when you talk to them on the streets, they say, well, you know what? I'm a pretty good person, you know, and you ask them, well, can you name me any of the commandments? Most of the time they can name you a couple, you know, you shouldn't lie. Uh, maybe they'll say, honor thy father and thy mother. Uh, and they'll say maybe a couple, but most people don't know what all the Ten Commandments are. But uh, if you go to James chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, um, for whosoever shall keep the whole law... And yet offended one point, he is guilty of all. So the Bible says that even if you've only committed one sin, even if you've only committed one of the Ten Commandments, the Bible says you've committed them all in God's sight. And the reason why is because when you've committed one, what is that? That makes you a sinner. And in before God's eyes, you've committed them all. Now, we're going to go through some of the commandments. We're not going to go through them all, but we're just going to do a little bit of a test. Now, if you're here tonight and you're listening to this and you're not saved, uh, you're trusting in your own good works, you're trusting in that you're a pretty good person, that you're going to get to heaven, I want you to take this test with me. I want you to take it and see how good you're going to do when you stand before God. Now, if you're a Christian uh, listening tonight and uh, you say, you know what, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, uh, I think this will be a help to you to be able to just get in, in the back of your head and uh, maybe even be able to take down some notes and be able to help some people out when you deal with them on the streets or when you deal with them door to door or even at your workplace or wherever you be uh, and be able to show them out of the law uh, why they're guilty before God. Now, the first one, I'm not going to do the uh, commandments in order, but we're just going to go through them a little bit here. Well, the first question I have for you is, have you ever told a lie? Uh, it doesn't matter if it's just a small little lie. So many people say to me all the time, well, I've never done a lie that would hurt anybody. Well, the bottom line is, even if it was a, a lie that you would say would be good, you know, maybe to have a good outcome so you don't hurt somebody's feelings, something like that, it's still a lie, is it not? The Bible says, thou shalt not lie. Uh, bear false witness. So what does that make you if you've ever told a lie? I don't know about you, but I believe everybody in this whole entire world has told a lie. Um, what does that make you if, if you've told a lie? It makes you a liar. And that's guilty. You're guilty of breaking the ninth commandment. So first of all, have you ever told a lie? And if you have, you're a liar. Now, the next thing is, 
Have you ever taken the name of God in vain? Now, this is such as using his name as a swear word. You know, a lot of people say it as a four-letter word and things like that. Uh, I've heard people uh, yell out, you know, Jesus Christ, things like that. And and I don't know about you. If, if you're a Christian, that should that should affect you inside when people use your Savior's name as a swear word. And uh, there's so many other ones that you could you can think of. Um, but uh, have you ever done that? I don't know about you, but I have. And you know what that makes you? That makes you a blasphemer, guilty of breaking the third commandment. Now, let's keep going. Has there ever been a time in your life that you've never honored your father and mother? Has there been one time in your life that you've not honored your father and mother? Was there a time that you disobeyed your parents or talked back to them? Or maybe you even went behind their back and did something you knew that they would be displeased with? Now, that means you're disobedient and dishonoring to your parents. That means you're guilty of the fifth commandment. Now, the next one, let's go on. Have you ever set your eyes upon something that is not yours and you've lusted at it? You know, you've, you wish that you could own it, that you could have it, that you desired it. And you know what that makes you? That makes you covetous. Uh, I, I go down the road a lot of times and I see so many of these vehicles, these nice vehicles, and, and I try not to look at them. But a lot of times there's some nice vehicles driving down the road and I, I just that uh, fleeting thought goes before my head. Boy, I wish I had that vehicle. You know, boy, if I just only had that vehicle, that would be great. Uh, you know what that is? That's me coveting. That's covetous. And that makes me guilty of breaking the 10th commandment. Now, Next one here that I have is, have you ever put something or someone before God? Have you ever loved yourself or family or friends more than God? Have you spent more time in one day watching TV more than spending time in your Bible or in prayer with God? I mean, have you ever done that? Uh, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. In verse 37. Matthew twenty two thirty seven, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Listen, if you're ever putting something before God, whether it be your wife, whether it be your kids, uh, whether it be your friends, family, uh, maybe school, um, maybe uh, maybe even TV computer games, video games, whatever it be, if you're putting something and spending more time with it than you're spending it with God, uh, that means that you haven't loved him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, 100% all the time. Now, there might be some times when you're reading the Bible and you do, and you, and you do, and, you, and you're, you're at that point with the Lord, uh, but it doesn't last for very long if you ever do. And, uh, and if you are, then you're guilty of breaking the first commandment. You're supposed to love the Lord thy God with all your heart. Uh, next we'll go to, have you ever killed somebody? Now, yeah, somebody like that, whether door to door on the streets or wherever, and most of the time they'll give you a big smile and say, no, I've, ne- I've never done that. You know, I'm not, I'm not that bad of a person, but turn with me to Matthew chapter five. Most people say, no, I've never mur- murdered anybody. You know, I'm not locked up. I'm not a criminal. Uh, Matthew chapter five, verse 21. What you have to understand is that God not only looks at the outward acts of people, but he looks at the inward. He looks at your heart. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, this is Jesus Christ, and he says, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. I mean, have you ever been angry with somebody and you really haven't had a cause? I mean, what would really be the biggest cause for somebody to be angry at somebody? There really should be no cause for anybody to be angry with anybody. Now, if they definitely did you uh, wrong, did something terrible, then okay. But how many times, um, maybe even a week or in a month, are you angry with somebody um, that you really shouldn't be? And you know what that makes you? That makes you a murderer at heart. And that's breaking the sixth commandment. Now, let's go on. Have you ever committed adultery? Again, most people would kind of maybe laugh at this and say, no, you know, I've never, I've never cheated on my wife or I've never cheated on my husband. But again, Jesus Christ looks on the inside. Matthew chapter 5, look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 27. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed, committed adultery with her already in his heart. Again, God looks at the uh, the inside in the, in your heart, and uh, I mean, how many people are guilty of that? Whether it be uh, men or or women, have lusted upon, have looked upon another woman and lusted and committed adultery 
with that person in their heart. Now, last one I'm going to go over. Have you ever taken something that was someone else's and you haven't paid for it? I mean, it doesn't matter if it's the smallest thing from a pen uh, to, to even movies or music on the internet. Uh, with this age, about uh, being able to take things off the internet, movies and, and, um, and even TV shows and also music, a lot of people just take them and they go to these sites where really those sites are illegal and you're taking music and you're actually stealing money from those people that put those out, that produce those videos, produce that music. And instead of buying their CDs or buying their music, you're actually getting it for free. Um, that would make you guilty. That would make you a thief. And that would make you guilty of the Eighth Commandment. Now, if you go down and you go through some of that, most everybody that's listening tonight should be guilty if, if not all of them, uh, most of them. And uh, if you go down, you can even go and you can say, okay, well, if I'm going to stand before God, all right, listen, if I'm going to stand before God and if I'm going to be judged by the law, would I be innocent or would I be guilty before God? Now, I'm going to go down through some of them. If I were to stand before God and I was a liar, I was a blasphemer, I was dishonoring to my parents, I was covetous, uh, I was guilty of uh, not putting God before anything else, I was murder at heart, I was an adulterer at heart, and I was a thief. And I stand before God, and you stand before God, and guilty of almost all of those things, if not all of them, do you think you'd be innocent before God? Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. There's no doubt about it. We've got many appointments in this lifetime, but there's only one appointment that matters the most, and that's after your death. At your death, the Bible said you're going to stand before God, and you're going to give an account. You're going to give an account of everything that you've done. And the biggest thing is you're going to be judged by this book. You're going to be judged by this law. Turn me to uh, Romans chapter 2. My question I have for you, if you're listening here, and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you're trusting in your good works, you're trusting in being trying to be a pretty good person to get to heaven, have you ever wondered about when you stand before God, are you going to be innocent or are you going to be guilty? Romans chapter 2, verse 12, Bible says, For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish uh, without law. Now this is talking about, uh, we did a podcast on what about the heathen? What about those that have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel or have never seen a written law in their hands? Well, this is what that's talking about. There's a written law in their hearts, the Bible says, that God has given them. And right now, yes, they don't have the written law, but they have the law written in their hearts. They're still going to be perish with that law written in their hearts. But let's go on. Uh, Romans 2.12, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Now listen, if you're listening tonight and you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are in the law and you will be judged by the law. So when you stand before God at your death, uh, your soul leaves your body and you stand before that throne, you stand before that holy and righteous God, you're going to give an account and God's going to say, listen, let's go through your whole entire life and let's see if you've ever broken any of my commandments. And he'll go through it all and he'll say, no, you're a murderer at heart. Oh, you're an adulterer at heart. Oh, you're a thief. And he'll go down and he'll say, you're a blasphemer. You took my name in vain. Uh, you're a liar. You've, uh, you've lied to people before. Uh, you're dishonoring the parents. You, it was a time in your life when you didn't honor your parents. You didn't do what they told you to do. Uh, you're covetous. And he would go down the line and he would go through even more, not only just the Ten Commandments, but even more all throughout the Bible. Hundreds and hundreds of commandments that God uh, expects you to keep if you haven't accepted his son. And he'll say, I'm sorry, you're guilty. You're guilty. But the thing is that you don't have to be, you don't have to worry about going there and being guilty. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ came. The Bible says in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, that he came uh, so that he could redeem us. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Actually, I'm looking at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. And the Bible says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul said, of whom I am chief. Paul knew that he was the chiefest of all sinners. I mean, he, in the beginning of his ministry, uh, before he got saved, before he accepted Jesus Christ as a savior, he had uh, Christians beaten and even killed. 
he was at the stoning of uh, Stephen at his feet. And, uh, and listen, Paul knew that he was a sinner before God, and that's why he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there was, uh, I'm thinking about there was a, a girl that I was witnessing to uh, on the streets in Oswego as well. This was probably two months ago. And I came up to her and I said, listen, you have a few minutes? Can I have a few minutes of your time? And she said, yeah, sure. And uh, so I told her, I said, listen, have you ever wondered about where you're going to go when you die? And uh, she said, well, you know, I've kind of wondered about it here and there. And uh, so I told her, I gave her the gospel and I showed her, listen, the Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I said, do you believe that? And uh, she said, well, you know, I'm a pretty good person. So I went through the law with her. I went through the Ten Commandments and I showed her, listen, have you, were you guilty of this? Were you guilty of this? And you know what? She said she was guilty before it. And I said, well, listen, if you're guilty before this law and God says you're going to be judged by this law and you stand before God, how can he, if he's a holy and a righteous God, say, you know what, I'm going to overlook all that all that uh, sin and transgression that you've gone against my law, and I'm just going to let you in anyway. Would that be a holy and a righteous and a just judge? And uh, she said, you know what? Um, I think I'm good enough to get to heaven. That's the bottom line. I mean, she didn't care about what the Bible says. She didn't care about what God said, and uh, and she just walked on. But the thing is, is that the Bible says that you're guilty before God. And, you know, if it would have been somebody... Or if I would have been uh, in my younger years when I got saved uh, this month, I've been saved for six years now in the Lord. And uh, it's just been a blessing. And I thank the Lord that that he uh, came to me and he showed me I was a sinner and showed me this law and showed me that I was guilty before him and I got saved. But uh, it's, the, it's the bottom line. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to convict you. Now, if you turn to John chapter 16, if I was in my younger years, like I was saying, when I was saved, maybe my first two or three years I was saved, I would have said, no, no, stay here with me and let me try and explain more to you. Let me try and, and uh, even I guess sometimes I still do that. But the bottom line is once you give them the truth, once you give them a clear presentation of the law and that they're guilty before the law and that, uh, and that they need the Lord Jesus Christ, um, you kind of have to leave it with them and pray that the Holy Spirit will convict them. It's not our job to convict them. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 7. Uh, this is Jesus Christ talking. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, it is expedient for you that I go away. For I, if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to convict that person. Now, uh, for you that are listening and you're not saved, the Holy Spirit maybe is working on you tonight. And uh, if you've listened to this and you've seen that, hey, listen, I'm, I'm guilty before God. You know, I deserve to go to the devil's hell because I've sinned before God. He's, he can't let me into heaven because uh, I'm tainted. My, my soul is tainted, tainted with this sin. Uh, listen, there's a way out. The Lord Jesus Christ said that he came to save sinners. If you turn with me to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Actually, turn with me to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The Bible says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ can save you from that eternal hell. You don't have to go there. You know, when you stand before God, you can stand before him washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can wash away our sins. That's the only thing. And listen, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, your sins are still on you. Those commandments that you've broken, and because of those broken commandments, you've committed sin, that sin will not allow you to get into heaven. And uh, you know what I think of? I was thinking about Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. I'm going to close with this verse. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. I was looking at this when I was uh, getting ready for this study. And there's something that uh, really hit me. When I'm on the streets and I'm preaching, uh, I quote this verse, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. The Bible says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. There was one word that really struck me, and that word's many. I mean, us as Christians, we hear this uh, verse probably many times, uh, and we say, yeah, there's going to be many that are going to go to hell. There's going to be many. But a lot of times, I don't make it personal for myself. And uh, what I was looking at today is if I insert a lot of my friends, a lot of my family, a lot of coworkers that I know that are not saved, then I replace that word many with their names. And if you do that, maybe uh, you Christians that are listening right now, if you look at this verse, and instead of putting many, 
uh, insert the, all their names, maybe have a list of 10 names and list them off here and say, and, and then put all their names, there be which go in there at. I mean, how many people that you walk by day after day that you know this truth, you know that uh, they're guilty before God by this law, that they understand, that, that you understand that they are on a devil's, that on their way to a devil's hell. And how many times you just pass them by and not tell them about it? How many times do I pass them by at work and uh, even just on the streets and uh, just shy away sometimes and uh, don't tell them that, hey, listen, you've broken God's commandments just like I had and just like I still do, except I'm washing the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. How about you? And so many times I don't do it. So many times I don't tell them. And if I can get anything across tonight, it would be if those that aren't saved tonight, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, I pray you would. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And uh, whoever is listening that is a Christian, that is saved, uh, I just plead with you, uh, even for myself, I plead for my heart, and I pray for God that he'll help me to be able to witness more uh, for these lost people out here. Uh, it's only by the grace of God that I'm saved. I can tell you that right now. The only reason why I'm saved is because uh, I was, uh, I guess I was just uh, humble enough to understand that I, uh, there was no way that I could get to heaven. And that's the only way you can understand. You, have to, you need to understand that you are a, a sinner in need of a Savior. And I just pray that this will help somebody again. The reasons why God gave the Ten Commandments, one of them is to keep sin down. The other is to show you that you're a sinner in need of a Savior and to show you, give you a schoolmaster to show you and point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks a lot, guys. Amen. Thank you, Matthew. Pastor Bear. Yes, sir. Um, good study, Matt. Good study. I, I agree with you. I've... Uh, over the recent years, I've I've tried to use the law as a uh, soul-winning tool. Um, far too often in years past, and the way we were taught early on, I'm talking going back probably 30 years now, uh, in trying to win people to Jesus Christ using the Romans Road and so forth, uh, we always went by very quickly. Uh, the, the verses there, you know, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And uh, just kind of glossed over that and just had people basically give mental assent to the fact that, well, yeah, we've done some wrong. But the magnitude of, of being guilty before God and realizing that you do not deserve to go there, uh, to go to heaven, uh, when that realization really hits, when someone receives the gift and realizes that it's a free gift, uh, they're much more appreciative of 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 the gift that God's given, and more likely to live for Him after that. Um, you know what we see a lot, especially for those as we term with easy believism. They may have the right quote gospel, but they rush people through it, and I think that they've in in so doing they've created a a number of people that have made a false profession and uh, are either disillusioned uh, by the salvation or by the Christian experience that they have and therefore don't want to go back to it <laughs> and stay away from it, uh, or they never got it at all. And um, uh, I just know that in my own personal testimony that there came a time when I, when I came to the understanding that I was lost and, and undone and I was guilty before God. You know, for, for years, I fooled myself in thinking that I was okay because I was in a denomination that believed you had to keep the Ten Commandments in order to get to heaven. And as you had already mentioned, I probably couldn't name them all uh, when I was lost and trying to live by them. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, once I was hit with that reality, uh, all of a sudden I realized how, how wicked a sinner I really was and uh, how desperately I needed to, to have a way out that I couldn't pay for myself. So, and obviously the Lord provided that through the scriptures and the free gift of salvation. So, uh, I, I agree that, you know, more people ought to take advantage of using the law and settling there and letting people uh, come to grips with with how wicked and holy unholy they are before a holy god and uh, allow that to to work and minister uh to them so 
good good study. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Pastor Strobel. Amen. A verse that uh, sums this up is Galatians 3.24, which says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. And I know Matt went through a lot of scriptures, and it's possible that he, that one whizzed by me, and I, and I didn't notice. But uh, that's, that sums it up for me, and it sums up really how the Lord saved me. Um, I was in a, a denomination, again, as well as Brother Steve, that, that put a lot of emphasis on the commandments. And I had it in my mind that, um, you know, I would get to heaven by, by being good. And when I began to get under conviction and God, God began to show me really um, my, my true condition, uh, it was this moral foundation that I had by knowing the commandments. And, and I didn't know them all because, uh, and for one reason, is we weren't taught all of them uh, in my church. They left out the second commandment about the idols and so forth. And uh, had I had that one, I might have got on even under more conviction or at least even earlier conviction. But, but having the moral foundation, um, knowing things like um, I'm not to have any other gods before the Lord, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt, um, et cetera, the ones that, things that, different things that Matt went through, um, I began to see that I, I, I had sinned and come short of the glory of God. What the law did for me was it provided a, a clean white background that showed up my scarlet sins for what they really were in God's eyes. Mm. And um, I, I knew that I was guilty. And, and then being guilty and, and having nowhere to turn um, that I knew of, thank God I, uh, I remember Jesus. And I was taught about him as well. And, and I had some people that uh, were trying to mention him to me. And, and, and finally, uh, the law became indeed my schoolmaster to show me that I couldn't get saved by my good works because I didn't have enough of them. I, I was guilty. And that brought me to Christ so that I could be justified by faith. Amen. Amen. So now, uh, one other thing I did want to uh, make mention of, uh, as Matt pointed out, uh, James 2, verse 10, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. <laughs> one thing that I've noticed about that is uh, James, uh, earlier in the previous chapter, as he got talking about the law, he compared it with a, a mirror, saying, For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. And that's what a mirror is. It's a glass. We're looking into that glass and we're seeing our reflection. And it says, For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now here's a comparison um, to just the illustration. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... So he likens that looking at ourself in a glass to looking into the perfect law of liberty, which is the mirror of God's word. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So again, he, he set that uh, typology of the law being like a mirror. And then the next point he says, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. And the idea of that is when we, when we transgress the law, we call it breaking one of God's commandments. If you were to break a glass or break a mirror and just break it at one point, the whole thing is considered broken. And uh, if you wanted to just uh, visualize this, it'd be like if we took on the mirror and we wrote down all the Ten Commandments, and then again, you just break that mirror on any place, you know, that, that, uh, it just breaks the entire thing. So it all it takes is one sin uh, to make you a sinner. Amen. 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 It's a good analogy. Amen. You, know, you, you can picture the, the mirror getting broken in one spot, but nobody keeps that mirror hanging up. You know, that, that mirror's broken. We need something new. Amen, Matt. Good job. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's see. Uh, you know, the next one is uh, episode 50. Huh. Kind of a milestone. Yeah. Who would have known? We would have gone this far. <laughs> yep. Episode 50 coming up. And Pastor Strobel will be bringing that for us, Lord willing, here uh, soon. And it um, will be, well, our time next Thursday when we'll record it. I think he said it was going to be on vampires, right? <laughs> now you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I actually did not say that for the record. Uh, he's fading out. <laughs> yeah. 
turn the Actually, music up so you can't hear him. <laughs> didn't even apply that. So, in fact, you're not doing it on Vampire's Passage Stroll? I didn't say that. Oh, well. <laughs> tune in next am, week, folks. Or... <laughs> I am not I am not planning on doing it on Vampire's. Uh, I guess we'll save that one for you, Matt. Yeah, I think that'd be Matt's forte. <laughs> yeah. Matt's style, yeah. I was going to say. He could put it right in his ghost series. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Guess we're just listening to the music. Uh, That's good. Well, hopefully the snow's over with anyway. It snowed here today. I mean, nothing stuck, but we had some flares. Yeah, I'm done with it. Because <laughs> we got the snow belt guys over there. The pastors. We had some this past week. Yes, we did. Coming back to church on the last Sunday night, I, we had snow over our on one side of our sign and on one side of our mailbox. <laughs> A few places and some grass, but... You know, it was 70... It, was, it didn't last. It was 71 degrees here yesterday afternoon. Sunny. And this morning we had snow flurries again. And as we're recording it, this is what, April 21st? 21st. That's the joys of living in beautiful upstate New York. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, we'll be back with uh, episode 50. Most likely not vampires, but tune in to find out what it's going to (laughs) be. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.